Hi, and welcome to Telepathic <coughs> TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the illusion and shattering of that illusion. illusion. And there's one and only one thing that's bothering you. And do you know what that is? Do you know? It's one thing. It's the illusion. It's the only thing that bothers anyone. It's everywhere all the time. It's endemic. It's spreading like the plague. It's been in place for so long you never see it. But recognizing it as illusion will last for <coughs> every second before you forget it. And well, being able to shatter it. One place to enter into this conversation is to maybe describe what the illusion is because ultimately you could see everything is an illusion. If something, if one thing is false, then all things are false. If one thing is true, then everything is true. I, I think that maybe a good way of looking at this is the illusion comes when we absorb and take on beliefs and ideas that are not our own. And so we build a false world for us. And it may not be the same false world as you have or anyone else has. So that's what makes this so tricky. It's mm -hmm. not like there is a truth out there and then a tricky illusionary world. The fact is, is that there is a true world for each of us and they're gonna be very different than what they're gonna be for another person. And there's a false world for us. And that false world is created by the ideas, expectations, and beliefs that were imparted upon us through our experiences and our parents and our family and our community. So there are also some general illusions that we all have, and that's usually funded by religion and society in a lot of ways. Yes, which are not really a science, religion, and society are not the sharpest knives in the drawer as far as creating your reality goes because um, they're all misleading. They're all dull, pe dull pencils? That would be a compliment, yes. They <laughs> so the idea is that um, we, um, well, this is an unpopular view, and frankly, I don't care, because we are all actually very magical beings. And with the uh, language that we've been led to speak and think in, we are very, very, very prone to use our magic to create rip-roaring disasters here and there all the time. Every once in a while I catch myself programming something to malfunction and I, I take myself aside and go, I've told you about that. <coughs> and I go, yes, I know, didn't mean it. So, well, then, uh, then you wish that not to manifest. Yes, truly, okay, so then you have to recognize why you love uh, that you did that, why you love what would have happened. Uh, once it becomes love, then it really has no job to do. You know, uh, if you want to hate something, it has all that. It's amazing, hatred doesn't kill. <laughs> Not that amazing. Because as soon as you're hating something, then it, it has this enormous amount of work to do. Uh, it's a know, lot to maintain. Yeah, and to get you around to the point to whatever it is, you love it because and we humans are always seeing what we don't like about ourselves and other people. It's like a, a web in a house of mirrors, which is a quote from a book I was just reading. But it's an interesting concept that this uh, constant ongoing, uh, uh, what is the word? Oh, illusion, yeah, and it's as easy as that to not do it. We, 
We've been trained from Ot Zip that reality is a fixed solid. Yeah, there it is, it's fixed solid. And that we're some kind of the vapor, but it's the other way around, that's the vapor. And uh, we are the, uh, we're, <laughs> we're what's real. You know, that's very important. And uh, I would really suggest, if you're watching this, first of all, tell your friends to check out our 700 plus episodes online, plus the close to 300 we did in Arlington as well. Mm -hmm and watch some of the shows and really look at it and uh, take some of the other things that we've been saying all this time and incorporate it with what we're saying today because that illusion of what of that there's something real outside of you is some it, it can be a wonderful playground to create within but it can also be a prison that we are our own prison guards within Mm. So awareness will penetrate the illusion. Awareness is always a key. If you look at this crazy fighting that we have in the world today where people are sending drones and bombing and killing people and that has been going on since the beginning of time, it's always a matter of ignorance. It's a matter of our uh, as, our, as we evolve as a race of beings, we go through the spell of narcissism where that's all we see is ourselves. And that is a great form of ignorance when we are like that. We are smaller when we are like that. To grow, well we can see more about, thank you, and, and we can see more that's going on around us and we can see from multiple points of view. Um, so, anyway, Awareness is the key that unlocks the door out of the illusion. If you're not willing to be aware, if you're very vested and attached to your belief system now, <laughs> the, key, the key just won't come to you. Well, this is the way this <coughs> works. We've got so many books on the language. The language can uh, cure you, to uh, key you, signal you to leave the illusion really uh, like the word shame is mispronounced, it's sham. Anything you're ashamed of, you're, you've been shammed. And so there ought to be the expression shame sham or sham shame, but I think there might have been at one point, but apparently it's Mandarin. Uh, at any rate, um, well. I have invented, and this will help us uh, shatter the illusion, it's called a miasma, miasma, miasma inhaler. When you find yourself stuck in the illusion, oh yes, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah. there you go. Now, uh, Nelson well, Mandela, just, just the, the great quote that he had, and I believe he spent his life to get the entire planet to hear this, and he was asked what it was like to have his freedom taken from him, and uh, he said, who said my freedom was taken from me? And I think that's the shattering of the illusion right there. Yeah. Because as much as we believe we're in prison, we're not. Well, that's really well said. The yeah. illusion could be the illusion of our powerlessness that uh, something is created outside of you. And I think that's the common denominator with all that. Because some of the things I wrote down for us to talk about is the illusion of ex expectation, the illusion of entitlement, of inflexibility because inflexibility is perceived as strength, not uh, a vulnerability, not, not an unaware mm -hmm. state of being. Uh, the illusion of attachment, of right and wrong, 
uh, and the attachment to the idea that it's always other people's fault. Now the common thread with all of these things is that the power exists somewhere out there and that we have to manipulate these other powers to get what we want out of life. And I, I would say if you can adjust that one belief, your whole life is going to be very different. You won't care so much about what other people think of you <laughs> if you don't give them power in your life and if you rise up above that. And I think that this is stuff that everybody is working on in one form or another. And we can, uh, yeah, so to, to step, to shatter the illusion is, uh, there, there's so many aspects to uh, begin with um, to set this stuff aside. The um, power, okay, so on our program we have uh, for a decade <coughs> taught to retrain your brain so that the first thing that pops up in your brain in the morning is, I claim my power. And then that will eventually transmorph as everything else does. But uh, you were saying someone drew a card that an angel said, uh, pardon me, I thought that was what was going on. Okay. No, I don't think so. All right, <clears throat> so whatever that was, go ahead. Um, well, one thing I wanted, would like to point out mm -hmm. is that conflict in your life um, that's causing you to not have that key of yeah. awareness. If you look in your life, what area do you have the most conflict? Because that's going to be the area that you're holding on to an old idea and the new idea keeps bonking you in the head with it until you see it for, for what it is and let go of the old idea. Mm -hmm. So every, everything is always right there around you. Every clue that you could possibly be looking for probably showed up in your life today. So what are the areas of conflict? Is it something at work where your coworker is taking credit for things you do? Is it uh, something with your spouse where your spouse never honors what you would like to have and is always wanting to fulfill their needs or their desires? Where is that conflict? Because that is going to be the trail of breadcrumbs that leads you to the illusion that you are funding in your life. Yeah, I just wanted to put in the note that um we have been doing this show for uh, simply eons. And if you've been a fan and if you like the show, uh, we would ask you to get in touch with right now if you're watching us on TV or your computer. Uh, call someone you know and ask them to, um, that would appreciate us. Ask them to tune in also because as the Red Green said, <coughs> we're all in this together. And as a, you know, standing on this podium and speaking this, uh, the more people that it reaches, uh, the easier your life is going to be because we do nothing else other than to uh, create a more advanced and more awake society. We have no other agenda here. Uh, the issue of power, if you feel powerless, then you attract people that think that they can take what little power you have left. But if you are actually powerful, you do not attract people who want to um, victimized, not a real word, but that's the way it's thought of. Uh, and so in claiming your power, you claim uh, the illusion shatters because you are the creator of 100% uh, of this, you are the creator of it. Yet we have words like problem to think with. Oh good, I'll create a problem. You know, <laughs> create a solution, create whatever it is you wanna create, but if you're gonna use the word problem, don't do it anywhere near me, thank you. 
Uh, it's well, just, this that's, is another illusion. Yeah. I, I feel that because there's so many forums for this, and I know we did a whole entire show on this about criticism, but everybody feels that whatever you do, even if you've purchased something for $10, that you have a right to beat that person up and just whip them if you're not satisfied with that $10 purchase. And it's, it's not really on anyone's side to behave that way. You know, that is an illusion. Yeah. This idea of expectation, we'll go maybe over this list that I have down. When we have this idea of some expectation, that's fine, have your expectations, but don't project them onto other people and then feel wounded or attacked or injured if that person doesn't address your expectations. Like if you are having an expectation that your husband bring you flowers and he doesn't, then you are disappointed. And what you're doing is comparing reality to an expectation. And if they're not matching up, then you would be better served to question whether the, the, uh, the situation is the right one for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What is your view on expectation? I'm expecting of you. <laughs> we have them. To I think come it's in kind of on any minute. Yeah, that I, I will expect something. Yeah. No, well, I think it's unrealistic for us to uh, feel that we're going to get to a place where we have no expectations at all. I think that anything, all or nothing, is a pole. It's not the balance. So what is the balance point in expectations? Maybe it's what I was saying. You have your expectations within, but not project them on circumstances outside. Well, the, the flaw in the word expectation is saying that what this is is out there. What, the only thing that's out there is illusion until we become much more evolved than we are. I mean, super colossally more evolved than we are. We're looking at the illusion. So expectation is just to say, I, I was looking at the uh, illusion. There is no word impectation, although there could be. But I don't care for peck in it. So the idea is that if all of this is me, then I'm completely in charge of it. And it really is that simple. And so anything I tell it to be, you know, I will go find a bed, there it is. We, we really have to get the kids back. And see, when you're a little kid and you, um, you realize the world is totally magical and you're descended from a grand beingness to have the illusion to play with for however long the lifetime lasts. Uh, and the first time you say the word wish or you say the word magic out, loud, every adult within 500 miles proceeds to come and beat you senseless over, there's no such thing as a wish. I don't care if it was on a star. <laughs> it's my home star and I will do a wish that will take care of you good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Or I, I did that by magic. I, I chose it and then there it was. I found a hundred dollar bill on the sidewalk at the point at which I could have used the money. And that was me practicing my magic. You'll never do that again. Yeah, and you'll never know either way. Well, you know what that's all about, too. We get ex expectations about how things are going to come to us. I was having a conversation with someone recently about the idea of traveling and that sometimes if you freely go take advantage of what you would love to do, everybody gets jealous and says, oh, I wish I could go do that. But the fact is, if that's something that you really choose to do, it's an illusion to think that you cannot. I know someone that really wants, wanted to travel and 
one of her clients or students or whatever gave her a year's worth of flight benefits from her job. And so she traveled the world for an entire year. And it, wasn't, it didn't cost her a thing except for taxes or whatever. So at any rate, there are many ways to be, become wealthy that are not an increase in salary. It could be a decrease in expenditures. It could be a change in taste. There are multiple yeah. ways that you can create. But we get this fixated expectation of the avenue that it is, quote unquote, supposed to come through, and we don't let go of it. Well, expectation is just about guaranteed to lead to our favorite, which is disappointment, which then sours the entire field. Mm -hmm. And then the sour field attracts more disappointment. And off you go into the merry little downward spiral into the black hole eventually to recreate another galaxy on the other side of the black hole, but that takes just forever. So it's very easy not to expect. <coughs> so as we've said so many times on the program, the new age is staged in the ideal world. And when something goes wrong in the ideal world, uh, you, you just become disappointed, sour, dour, guilty, down. Uh, whereas if we can, and it's been, it's been pitched once or twice in the history of mankind, but actually, the world is absolutely perfect. Okay, now if something goes wrong in the perfect world, <coughs> it is up to you to figure out why that was perfect. Not to become disappointed, but to figure out why that was perfect. And that is a much different search engine than what will I do because I am so disappointed that uh, I can look at a bottle of milk and it'll sour. You know, like that. Um, oh, hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, uh, my name is uh, Jerome. Okay. I had a question. Please. Mm -hmm. I had a question for, um, for Mary uh, about a, from a previous show. Oh, okay. Uh, she, she had mentioned something to the effect that uh, um, you choose what, what life you're born into. And uh, my friend, basically she was adopted, so basically she got... She was born, got rejected by her birth mother, and then you know, became adopted. And then she, well, she decided she wanted to find her birth mother. But, and when she found her, basically the woman, the, when she did find her birth mother, she basically rejected her again, said she didn't want to have anything to do with her. And I'm just, it just, I'm just wondering, do, it kind of led her to a, a pretty much a life of uh, a lot of depression involved, with, you know feeling rejected by you know, the, the person yeah. that gave birth to her. Well, I can definitely empathize <clears throat> and feel for her because, I, I, I mean, that has to hurt and everything. But I would say if we look at this as a larger picture, and there always is, and it, for us to gain understanding of certain things, it does require getting out of it. It's like in order to breathe, you have to get out of the ocean, um, that kind of thing. And if if you also look at events as all being neutral, even though I know there are some that charge me and I, if I see anyone hurting anyone, I have risked my life a number of times to go jump on someone's back to save someone's life. I really will. I mean, there are things I respond to like that, so I'm not unfeeling in that way. But if we look at everything as neutral, not good, not bad, but just different environments that we choose to explore ourselves in, then she could have chosen that for any reason at all. Maybe it's to overcome rejection. 
maybe there, there was this larger study that she was doing on how to love herself even when it looks like the very people that are supposed to love her and nourish her the most reject her. But that wouldn't be for me to say that that is her path to discover, you know. And maybe it's something entirely different. Maybe it's a, a past life thing that she came to, to balance. But I think that if we're going to assume something, and we almost call tonight's show assumptions, but if we're going to assume something, we can either pick one of two things, and it both are fiction or both are true, but it's not one or the other, that either we choose the good reason that motivates us and gives us life force, or we choose the darker side that says it's against us. And um, I think that what we do is we get like kind of polarized to one side to say uh, that this, this must have uh, happened for a negative reason. You know, we get programmed with that. Well, that's what we've been saying right along on this particular show is it's very easy for us to create negativity, uh, and it seems to be antisocial to create positivity. So there is definitely a past life relationship between the mother and the daughter where they've taken turns rejecting each other through time. So that, or, you know, that's could a be... soul lesson that the, the person can get a hold of, so that the, um, the rejection is, uh, by repeating it, being stung by a bee many, many, many times, the many, many time doesn't hurt nearly as much as the first time, so that can be written off the checklist of what it was you came here to yeah. the <clears throat> illusion of phi. Yeah, and there, there could be so many other things coded into mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, sometimes those things happen to help us do whatever, but if we just assume that it's on our side and it's carrying us forward, it's yeah. so much better than assuming that the world is a terrible place and we have to fight against it. it it's just a matter of perspective. And I think that perspective is what creates people that are tenacious and get out of horrible situations or what we would think of as horrible. And people that give up and surrender is that perspective, that point of view that, well, if this is, because uh, we're taught that happiness is a fairy tale. You're a dreamer. That's a, a fantasy of, um, you know, a, a fairy tale Epic that um, happily ever after and all that. We are very quick to assume that happy things are fiction and horrible things are the truth and reality. That uh, yeah. reality is this terrible thing. But really, if reality is this terrible thing, well, then wonderful things are also reality. Or if wonderful things are fiction, then bad things are fiction, too. So I think it's just a matter of looking at, at what she becomes as a result of her experiences. But boy, this is such a good question. Yeah, we can't excellent. thank you enough for calling in. Does that make any sense to you? Uh, yeah. Okay, another. It doesn't make some sense to me. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, change your perspective on, on what your life is and maybe it, you know, you yeah, you know, it's yeah not really, as bad as you might might want to want to make it. Yeah, and not comparing to anything. That comparison, like if she were comparing it to somebody that never uh, knew her parents or grew up in a in a swamp with uh, alligators as her parents or something, like she compared that, she'd go, "Oh, thank God, I got this lovely adoptive family that took care of me and fed me or whatever." You yeah. see what I mean? 
But if she compares right. it to that loving family, it could feel devastating. What were you going to say now? Uh, another very important aspect of this, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the ultimate therapy model. Uh, just um, very briefly, I was shot to death. I woke up on the other side with a bunch of angels uh, that showed me the, the guy that shot me. The angel goes, here, go in this room. I'm shooting the guy, he's shooting me, back, 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 back. Typical past life relationship. Guy, the angel yanks me out of there and goes, kid, I had to pull you out of there, you'd have been there forever. So now I'm gonna show you this room. And so in the next room, there's the guy that shot me and I, and we're on the other side of the uh, table. And we have just written the contract, and the guy says to me, uh, kid, you know, this contract says I'm gonna blow your head off with a handgun when you're 27. And I go, yes, yes you are. And um, so I wake up in the hospital, able to see through time, able to see into past lives uh, with this unbelievably expanded perception. Uh, it took me years wow. to figure out what in the world I came up with. Now, uh, let us say it's three years after the shooting and one day it occurs to me, I can never forgive that guy for shooting me because there was nothing to forgive. I can never forgive mom for giving me up for adoption because there was nothing to forgive because it was my idea. You have to own your reality. It was my idea. I signed the contract that said he's going to blow my head off. All right, so let's say we go down the road another three years. Okay, so I'm thinking about the guy and in, in the time there I was saying, oh, he can exist but I don't want to go near him for one million uh, incarnations. About three years after the the whole thing about uh, the word forgive, I recognize that I love that soul for playing the just absolutely disgusting role of being someone who can just shoot somebody to death uh, for no known reason, okay? That's really a slimy thing, okay? Giving up the child, that's really a slimy thing. Now, at that point, after the three years, I absolutely adored that man for taking on that much feces uh, in order to serve me that I woke up in a hospital able to see through time. I love the person that did that and it was at that exact moment that the back and forth between the two of us stopped. When I loved him for that dirty deed, it was all over. Okay. And at this point I love this person enough that if everybody was the right gender I would marry them in a future life, blah, blah, blah. But you know, that, that sort of concept. Oh, that's always heartening. Um, I just wanted to say, I, I recognize your point there when yeah, you were talking well, about yeah. this, um, his friend's um, adoption. But um, I would just like to say, uh, maybe not make that parallel between the murderer and the mother that gives up for adoption. Well, because the parallel there, is there. there is a lot of pain on both sides of that equation. And even if the mother rejected her again, it's because she hasn't been able to face her own pain over the whole thing. And she probably has never lived a day where she didn't regret doing that. And then it became too late to undo it uh, with how her life was set up. So in the case of adoption, no mother is slimy, no father is slimy. Uh, and I know you didn't mean that. I'm just clarifying well, I, it for people that are listening. But I know it can be simile. wounding and painful to the child. So it, there really isn't anybody that ever comes through that un, unaffected. And, you know, women for decades, centuries, have gotten pregnant out of wedlock and they haven't had any choice. And it's not all their fault all the time. So I think sometimes it's not fair to ask the child to be the more understanding one, but it's also 
uh, it's like one of these no-fault things, and we're not set up in our society to have a no-fault society. We have to find the bad guy somewhere. We're taught that you either yeah, have a black hat or a white hat, and, you know, that's it. Yeah, but that's the illusion that has to be Wait. shattered. Yeah. Uh, what was that? There's, I was saying there's another aspect to the uh, to this situation, too. She was adopted into what you might consider an abusive situation. There mm -hmm. was, in the sense that they, they were very cold people, and they didn't really afford her any of the love that she was missing from yeah, the and, and love that, that, that gave her up. Well, I would, say, I would just say one quick thing there, and I'm not here to... Um, I really am like your quintessential Libra. I, I see so many sides, and I always feel like if everybody understood more information, there would be more love in the world. But uh, what is easy to do in, in your friend's situation is then to take the issue with her adoptive parents and kind of lay that on the original adoption. Do you see what I mean? Um, whereas the mother, the birth mother, didn't have any idea about what the adoptive family would be like. So it's important for your friend to take her feelings and assign them to where they belong, the feelings she has at being adopted and the feelings she has over the uh, adoptive parents not being loving. It will be very helpful to her. I think when they're put on that unknown, rejected area, all of them, it's too much for her to handle. So just something as a food for thought. Right, and, yeah. and if we look at it as an overview and we look at the evidence of her life where she is, is having to really discover her own inner support system and her inner nurturer, and, and we were to reverse engineer and look back at, at what she chose, I, I think we get a clue there that she's here to really learn to love herself. Uh, amongst other things. But thank you for sharing that. And please give her our best. And if she ever uh, wants any advice or to call in, we'd love to hear from her, too. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll tell you to do that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was a lovely call. We appreciate yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, always more than one correct answer for everything. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. there always and, uh, is more than one correct answer. Yeah, no, I absolutely was transmuted because at the moment the back and forth between the soul and I stopped, which was the point of arriving at a situation where you love whatever the abusive situation was, like being shot to death. When you absolutely love that, then you're free from it. And uh, the, that is the place at which the illusion truly shatters because um, well, I feel unbelievably good about having been shot to death. I'm, well, I'm more than okay with it. I know, I know, and yeah. it's actually transformed your life in a very positive way. Yeah. But you know, as you were saying that, it really made me rethink something. Uh, there, I, I did not get shot. But there was a, uh, an incident when I was in my 20s. I think I was like 27 at the same age you were when this happened to you, yeah. where I Saturday worked for a time. restaurant, and I yeah. was making the nightly deposit, and this man came up and robbed me. Uh, I was alone at the night drop box, and he held a gun to my head, and he hit me in the head with it, and did all this other stuff that was extremely terrifying to me. And I knew he was planning on shooting if he had to because he had a baggie over his hand and he had the gun and there was a string of a lot of really bad robberies. This was, I believe, in the early 80s when it happened. And 
I, I really did not have time to ponder or process that at the time. I did escape, uh, but it was a, a very harrowing experience in the middle of the night, out in the middle uh, of uh, a parking lot. But I never really looked at like what that was what's trying to show me. And when you were talking about uh, how, you know, I, I don't really have any feelings one way or another for him, but everything in our life is a clue. There's nothing yeah. out there that happens that's an accident. It could be a, a person blowing their horn at you for no reason and you feel this injustice like they don't understand you. All that is a clue to this larger picture of you. And it's almost as if we're living in reverse, you know, that uh, like, like the end result and we have to work our way backwards to find out, you know, how we yeah. got to our, like we're all already enlightened and we're just going backwards now to figure out how we did that following the breadcrumbs. Well, I've said many times that I felt that the shooting finally contained for me the ultimate therapy model. Um, and we'll get into that in a little while. This is the latest picture I've done, which is uh, somewhere in the Antares. There's a water world. Uh, and then the water world, um, the land masses float. This is what I saw. It's a perfectly cloudless sky because that's how clear the beings there are. They don't want tech, they don't want space travel, they want to be happy, they want to just live uh, in this um, enchanted little world. It brings a whole new meaning to the term cliff diving. <laughs> and uh, the, they, the thing about them though, they are open to um, interspecies tourism. Uh, they are willing to uh, accommodate you, uh, and especially in dream time. So if you wanted to go visit this place in your dreams, you would find yourself I, welcomed. I would like to ask a question before that gets sure. faded away too much. Uh, are those the little beings? And, and no, it's, they could be, yeah. That's, that's I, was, I thought it was yeah. interesting that they would live in the light yeah. only. Um, it's, hmm. Yeah, it, it opens a lot of questions. Sure does, um, very, very for inspiring. For me it was uh, plants, that's their forest. You okay. would go and walk in that place. Beautiful. And uh, the reason is, I believe the shadows, you may simply not be seeing them because the, uh, there's more than enough suns in the Antares. As a matter of fact, the Antares star itself is um, a, a smaller star orbiting a bigger one. But this seems to be in an orbit further out, much like Arcturus, where the planet of the Arcturians um, and stargates open there really easily. Uh, so you could have both suns uh, line up and you would get a lot more sunlight. Uh, and so if you have a pyramid involved in that, you can actually open the dimensional rift well enough to literally step through. Uh, but that's in other dimensions and so forth and so on. So this is just the um, latest painting that wanted to come through me and I absolutely adore it. And it's, uh, this is very lovely. Yeah. The world in appreciates it. Yeah, so the, the remodeling that we're offering on this program is the idea that you don't have to um, quite kill yourself over the illusion. Certain people have. You don't have to. Uh, the illusion is um, the more you can become aware of it as an illusion, the more authority you have Powerless, powerless people attract people that want to uh, use them. But if you have your power, uh, different story. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? 
Hey, it's Kathy in Pennsylvania. Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. Hey, hey how are you doing? Hey, good to hear your voice. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to bring attention. I don't this on your painting there, Neville. There's a the island, <laughs> and I thought interesting purple heart. What what do we give purple hearts for? And do we <laughs> have to wounded. go to purple heart phase to get on this island? No, Ooh. all are welcome, but huh. that, that's an amazing thought. Thank you very much. You have to go much. through your own heart. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And there's also, um, I was going to mention this, but I'm, I'm sure we can't get this on a camera angle. I'm not sure, but because I'm way over here. But there's like a shadow over the top of the island. It looks just like Kuan Yin from the side. Really? It's really something else. No, so before we move it, when we get up, yeah. I don't know if it's on the... There we um, go. You're on the screen. Uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, you kind of have to be at the angle where the light is re reflecting off of it, like planing. But thank you, Kathy. Yeah, it does look like a heart, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fascinating piece, and thank you for this subject this evening. It is truly um, enlightening, all the things that you've talked about this evening. Well, thank oh, you very well, much. Thank That's you. so kind of you to yes, say. Yes, and we miss you, and it's so yeah. good to hear your voice, for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Cindy and I are... Oh. Uh-oh, Cindy and I... Uh, it must have dropped. Ooh, okay. Well, um, call back. Text me or um, yeah. or Facebook me. The rest of that. Yeah, if you can Facebook now, maybe I can pull my phone out and look at it right now. Wouldn't that be techy? There we go. Yes. Um, highly textual. Yeah. So maybe we'll take uh, Skype callers one day and have have that them come on visibly. So that would be yeah, a lot we of fun. Yeah, set up a little uh, window on the screen. We can, I can do that now because I can Skype on my laptop and we can pump that into the system. Okay, so shattering the illusion, some of the other things I, I had written down that just mm -hmm. were thoughts about inflexibility being seen as a strength and being seen as something that we have to aspire to. And where I first became aware of this when we would have skeptics call the show, which a number of years back, we were really weird people out here talking about this. Now a lot of people hear it, but we really put ourselves out there long before it was cool and before people would accept it. And people would call in and just really be uh, like walls of defenses up about what we were saying. And so uh, Neville would um, go for long periods of time attempting to convince or to explain something in a debate. And I, I was saying, if skeptics, you can't argue with a skeptic because they are very vested in disproving what you have to say. So it really doesn't matter what you say, that the best way to get through to that is to relax and become flexible and not push your push it. And we all know that if a salesman comes and is pushy, pushy, you're, you're just going to say no. It doesn't matter even if you are wanting to buy that. So being flexible is actually the strength, not inflexible. And don't allow people to have payoffs for being inflexible. Yeah, it's a tricky call because the skeptic is saying, convince me. Mm -hmm. And the, the and irony is I just walk right is, away from that. The irony is that, uh, that they have to convince themselves. You cannot convince exactly. them. Exactly. And so that is uh, definitely a pit to fall into. As far as the resistance, the, the more you change, uh, the more you evolve. And the more you evolve, the more you ascend. So... 
that's 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 what the formula looks like, you know. So you want to be really open to change because not being open to change will simply kill you because change is the only constant. You know, something you used to say that was really profound, uh, like earlier years, earlier iterations on the show was, those, well, first of all, those who change will lead those who do not change yeah. and go boldly because you're going to you're going to go. Do you want to go kicking and screaming or do you want to go boldly? Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. We have a call. We do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Call. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's all right. Please call back uh, as we would love to talk to you. Yes. Occasionally there are little glitches in the control room, uh, even though FPA does everything in its power to keep our equipment up to snuff. Sometimes that happens where calls drop, and I know it can be frustrating, but please do call back. We would love it. Yes. Now, what about the idea of attachment? I know that's similar to expectation, but it's broader, and it encompasses more things. We get attached to outcomes, but we also get attached to vehicles to get to that outcome. Like, we get attached to having this particular thing instead of that particular thing. And I tell you, when you can get out of that comfort zone, it's really amazing. Well, there's two things that are very interesting about attachment. First, it always plays out as manipulation. If you are attached to something, you are invested in manipulating to, mm -hmm. get, it to, to get you to what you're attached to. And uh, that is the point at which um, an amazing door opens, and it's very easy to understand. Uh, if you are resisting or attached, resistance and attachment are the same thing, um, this is an absolute tell. Your negative ego is behind what's going on there. The negative ego is the capital I with just period, the capital I. I am attached, I want, I desire, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and that keeps you from having any true perspective because until our planet gets to the point where capital I means everyone on the planet. Uh, right now we have the plurative we, or the royal we, yes, or the ennui. More people have or the ennui. wee wee. <laughs> yes, more people have the ennui than much else. But, and then my uh, tribe, which is the me we tribe. Right. Okay, and then the idea that we are really all one thing, which is stone invisible to the average person. I mean, if you took a New Yorker and you smacked him around until they came out of the, the, oh, let's just say caffeine, cocaine, intoxication they're walking around with, and said, do you realize we're all one people? We're all one thing. We're all one thing. He'll say, thing. good, give me $10. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can say anything he wants, but uh, that will be, uh, you know, no, totally know. alien. And knowing a New Yorker, the reply would be quite telling. But nonetheless, um, until we We're can like get to that bang. point. We're like the Big Bang. We're both expanding and contracting at the same time. Because if you expand, something has to go back in. So that's yeah. our conflict right there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, and it's also the movement, and that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're not going to not move. The more you want to fight it, the more you're hmm. attached to not being. That's true. So then, as far as the attachment goes, you have to wake up accepting, allowing, surrendering, and then you and then receive, releasing. and that's a daily meditation for me. I say those words as I wake up every morning. You know, we, I think uh, one of our upcoming shows ought, ought to be, could be on receiving, because I found that sometimes 
when you give things to people, if they're not able to receive, it's like it's never good enough or they throw it away or they don't recognize it or they don't allow it in. So there, that is a big major thing. Oh, absolutely. We have the duck. Here's the duck. And the duck theme. And our okay, duck and our beautiful and lovely Marita is here today to do the duck. Wonderful. All right. Duck be done. Whoops, I got two, but I'll take um, Okay, this is a card. Take a vacation from your worries and problems. It's all fiction anyway. Now, I put that one in the deck in honor of What About Bob? Because I thought it was brilliant. Take a vacation from your problems. Give yourself a finite chunk of time because you can let go of anything for a finite chunk of time. What did you get? Yeah, I got the instruction for the deck, so, which might have been worthwhile reading now that I look over again. There is miraculous healing going on in your life right now. Believe in it. And that would be from watching the show and the fact oh, that you are you. finally able to just declare your magic, declare the miracle, declare the fact that you can just do it. And it's that simple. And that is to a large part keeping that negativity that we're trained to have Oh, that'll never work. Well, the reality is terrible. The fiction yeah. is nice. No, let's just make it all nice. It's all fiction anyway. Yeah, it's that's all. true. Yeah. Okay. We, we simply don't, uh, we are not allowed to The illusion of right things. and wrong, I think we've been talking about all evening. For years, yeah. As well as good for years. Evil. Yeah. Good and evil. And the thing about it is the good and evil, right and wrong, yin and yang, up and down, they're all the same thing. They're all teachers. You cannot have one without the other. Once you accept good and evil as both of them being teachers, when I'm taught by evil, as soon as I can stand up again, uh, I'm very well educated. When I'm taught by good, I very rarely notice. I mean, you have to really have an eye out to, be, to watch where you're being taught by good. And, and in our perfect world, more and more people will demonstrate that more easily. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith, what can hey, we do Edith. for you? I was just calling for a reading from Mary, and I'll take the answer off the air. Thank you. Great, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to pull a card out of each of the decks, the Osho and the uh, My Two Decks Inner Wisdom and Spirit Animal cards. Okay, and the first is the Osho deck, and it is moment to moment. <coughs> you know, I was seeing this in my mind, too. This idea of just living in the moment and taking one step leads to another. Happy steps today lead to happy places tomorrow. But we get so tricked into jumping ahead and attempting to create in a time zone that we don't even live in, so it makes it impossible to create. The now is where spirit and flesh intersect. You really can't do any creation other than that. You can take steps today to prepare for tomorrow. But what I think this is is... Uh, maybe lately something has been trying to pull you into the future, like 401ks and things like that. Not that there's anything wrong with a 401k, but look at more of now, like get into now. Raccoons are about purifying things. They uh, like to wash things before they eat it. Uh, maybe that's moisturizing it, or I don't know what they do. We assume that it's for cleaning, but they don't seem to be real clean little things, so I'm not sure if, why they wash things. But, but, but basically, this is a time of purification. And maybe look at your life and say, what's been pulling you out of the moment, and set that aside. Live in the moment more. 
and the traveling is opening up to new things. It can be packing your suitcase and going somewhere, but it can also be letting new ideas come in and old ideas go. So there's a big refresh going on for you right now. And this can also represent family, the raccoon. So maybe there's some healing going on with your family or at least some ideas that you obtained from your family, like we all obtain ideas that way. So thank you, Edith. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Well, it's Kathy in Pennsylvania. Hey, Yay. welcome back. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, what I wanted to say was Cindy and I are getting married on the hey. 16th. Oh. And Congratulations. I would really love a reading for us if um, you could do that, Mary. That would be awesome. I would oh, love excellent. to, and congratulations. Thank yeah. you so much. Very We're much. We're sending love to you all so much all the time. Oh, oh you so too. Kind. I'm so happy for you. All right. I'm going to hang up now so that the Verizon won't hang up for me. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, Verizon uh, is the new big brother. <laughs> okay. I'm just joking, Verizon. Partly. Okay. Um, the miser card. You know what? This is so beautiful because this woman has walked around her whole life carrying these treasures, all of her jewels and furs and uh, just everything that she has because she has never found a place to set them down. And you both have finally found that other person that it is completely okay to set down who you really are. We were recently at the Serpent Mound, and I tell you, it was such a profound thing for me. I, I was just thinking, can you imagine if you just took everything, all these parts of ourselves that we never felt safe, you know, our, our clothes size, our shoe size, um, oh, our history, and just laid it on the table, like, and just said, this is who I am. This is all I got. This is what I came with. This is it. I mean, there's not going to be any more. Could you imagine how liberating that is? And it mm -hmm. just made me weep and, with joy and sadness also for all the years that we hold back. And this is what I think this represents. This represents that. This is who I am, and that's there. And the whale is known as the record keeper and keeps record of all things. And it's so funny. I feel like there's another meaning with this because on the way back from the Serpent Mount, I saw this exact whale in the sky. I even took a picture of it. If I still have it on my phone and it's uh, forwardable, I'll send it to you. And I just got the idea that this ancientness, this bigness, this largeness, um, it's like sometimes our spirit is so large, we're out of proportion with the rest of life, just like uh, the whale is in the ocean. And not to attempt to shrink yourself back down into that little um, environment anymore and then take the step with trust and love and trust is a, really a trust in self and a trust in the universe it's never about a trust in another person so once we can trust ourselves there's never an issue there and I feel like uh, the love there is something you can believe in and trust so thank you beautiful Excellent. and we have another one. Hi caller what's your name please Hi, Neville and Mary. This is Shalanda. And I can have a reading for Mary, and I'll take it off. Sure, time. sure. Off thank air. you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. It's very lovely. All right. So now the animal card that goes here. And people have asked, like, how do you select the card? And usually the back just changes vibrationally, or it'll be a different color or something. Okay, the first card out of the Osho deck is 
sharing. This card can of often come up when it's talking about teaching and that having the ability to share your wisdom and knowledge. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but it really does take an art to be able to convert that into something that, that you can deliver and give to other people and, and you have that gift. This is also saying if something's been on your mind, you've been upset about something or you'd like to change something but haven't felt really comfortable about speaking up, this would be the time. And the zebra, <laughs> I know, I'm not a world-class no, artist like you. That's, and no, I was no, no, using a mouse to draw these things. But, um, but that was the best I could come up with for it's zebra. Great. But zebra is about black and white. And um, the idea of bringing clarity to something right now, maybe the conversation is going to bring clarity and get the other person's side without feeling attacked, without feeling like it's negating your side, but just hold it and then let that upgrade your side. And I feel like there's just so many things that are going to open up for you that there is perhaps a misunderstanding of sorts. And then here's the favorite card of, uh, of the claiming your power that we were mm -hmm. talking about earlier. And this is uh, something Neville had on the wall. He would write that on the wall, I claim my power. And it was such a beautiful expression that uh, I feel like that's really what it is, is, is. It's like it's at the will call. It's like a ticket to your life. It's a ticket mm -hmm. to happiness and it's that will call. And all we have to do is really go up there and pick it up. But we're taught that power harms and corrupts and injures, but not true. And, and an affirmation we used to give people, true power harms no one. So claim, claim your power in this. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, Mary. Pat, how are you doing? Hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. I'm sorry I couldn't this is be good. there with you tonight as usual. I miss you guys. Yeah, we miss you too. Yes. But, but uh, I wanted to ask a favor. Um, you know, I'm trying to get a lot of my health issues straightened out here. And I would just like to get a reading, Mary, to see how you, uh, how you think it's going to turn out. And okay. maybe something that could give me a little bit of a clue as to uh, what's going on. Okay, well, thank right, you. Well, I will talk to you guys later. I'm going to take this off uh, okay. on TV. And I know we're down to our last few minutes, so I'm um, rushing only because of that. Uh, the source is, once we realize we are connected to the source, we'll stop believing in resource, where we have to have a resource outside of us. It's a source. To me, that's telling me more fire energy that what we could do is, um, it's giving me some ideas I can explain to you further, but, but you might even consider doing some kundalini breathing to pull some of that prana up. And that would make a lot of sense because sometimes that gets suppressed, especially people with endocrine issues. So you might want to look on the internet, but I'll talk to you about that. And look, we got the whale again. And remember, the whale is about uh, our proportion in, in the world. And I feel like you felt you had to hold yourself back and that other people's judgments of you have left you feeling limited. I know sometimes our aura, uh, when we hold it back, it really ne needs to expand to be as big as it really is. And it will manifest in energy problems and health problems, kind of similar to what you're going through. And um, friendship, I think, I think that when we feel that we're not loved and appreciated, we all have to feel that. And sometimes we're, we're going through phases of our life where we don't feel it. And I think that has a lot to do with it too, because we feel rooted when we have friends. 
And your condition, since it's um, kind of based in the base chakra, is saying that you need to feel safe and just know that you're very loved and there are many people that would do anything for you because you're wonderful. Yeah. And come join us at Ruby Tuesdays if you would uh, care to uh, in Fairfax Circle. Uh, we'll be there shortly. And uh, this is one of the early models of the waveform generator. The upper coil was uh, held in the uh, device that held the crystal in place. This was a very long time ago. This was one of the really, this has been in my collection since, uh, God, the 90s. So just thought I'd take it out for a walk, see how it was. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door. It's beautiful, and Neville. And you're going through the door. There's no mistake about it. Check out some just more of your doctor devices on the website. Oh, yeah. Thank you.